Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association of North America's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association of North America or the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome, everyone. I'm Dr. Clay Nully with TSAOG Orthopedics in San Antonio. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. David Maldonado. Dr. Maldonado is with the American Hip Institute in Chicago and was the author on a paper entitled Hip Arthroplasty After Hip Arthroscopy, Are Short-Term Outcomes Affected? A Systematic Review of the Literature. Dr. Maldonado, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you for the opportunity. First of all, I want to acknowledge all the team that helped me to put this uh, paper together, Dr. Rostrosinski, Kim, Shapira, Lowell, and of course, Dr. Benjamin Dam as well. Awesome, yeah, it's a great team. Uh, can you start for those readers and listeners that maybe haven't read the article yet, just to start with a short summary of the of the findings and the key take-home points from you and your co-authors? Yeah, so if you review the literature, there is some uh, studies saying that it doesn't matter if you do a hip scope, uh, before uh, or the hip score will not uh, affect your outcomes if you then perform uh, arthroplasty in that patient. And then you have another paper that says that it will affect the outcome. So basically, we wanted to show and pull all the data together to see what is the real answer behind that. So uh, we, previous, we previously published a study maybe two years ago, and we found that there is some findings when you perform a hip arthroscopy and then you have to perform the same patient in a, a, a revision with a, and you have to convert them to a total hip arthroplasty. And we found that the uh, outcomes are not that better. So in this systematic review, we found when we pull up the data, they actually the results or the outcomes at minimum short terms uh, follow-up are pretty much the same. So that's the main uh, finding of this study. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting finding because it's certainly something that I think people discuss as a possible concern when a consideration for doing a hip arthroscopy. There was a slight increased finding of infection and dislocation rates in the patient populations that had a prior hip scope. It was not statistically significant, but there was a slight increased risk. Do you think that that is possibly a real factor or something that is a real consideration? Well, I think so. Uh, with this systematic review, we wanted to answer three different questions. The first one is uh, obviously the outcomes and then the complications. Uh, the thing is that the the data available is not so much. So because of that, we didn't we didn't have the chance to answer that, that last question about complications. So uh, in the future, I think we're going to need uh, uh, more studies, probably a multi-center study with more power uh, so we can answer that question very well. But uh, just to be aware, there is a trend in, and maybe a red flag or a yellow flag uh, should be, we should be aware about it. For sure. Do you think it might change the arthroplasty surgeon's approach, just knowing that that information is, is out there, that it's a possibility? For instance, you know, would they maybe change their approach if they're a posterior approach surgeon to do an, an anterior approach for the total hip or something like that to try and minimize dislocation rate after an arthroscopy procedure, or do you think it doesn't really matter? I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't think this article will, will answer that. I don't think you have to change the way you approach total hypoplasty based just on the fact that you have a previous scope. Uh, I, I don't think that's, that, that's the point with this paper. 
But uh, I would like to say that if you uh, if we review this paper, we can see that the patient population is around 50 years old. So this is not the typical uh, hip preservation population that we deal with. So uh, we have to be very cautious about how we analyze this paper. Uh, there is some concerns uh, thinking maybe that are we pushing the limits of indications in this patient population? And I think we have to be aware of it. I don't think, I don't want to give us, the people that are listening to us, that uh, believe that the measures is, if the results are the same after hyperplastoscopy, well, let's do a hip scope on this uh, patient population because it doesn't matter. I don't think that's the measures. I think we need to be very uh, careful without indications in this patient population, we, 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 just, we need to be just as careful as uh, another patient as well. Yeah, that's a great point. That was actually going to be my next question. You know, say you have a patient 50 to 55 years old, some just very early degenerative changes, obviously labral tearing. Are you going to be more inclined or less inclined potentially to do a scope of that patient's hip? Uh, you know, prior to probably knowing that they may progress to an arthroplasty in a few years um, based on this study or other studies, or does it not change your approach to that at all? Well, I think this study will not answer that because we don't know what's, what's the previous uh, arthritis uh, status on this patient, so we cannot answer that. What I can say to you is uh, we, we have to be aware of this, uh, of this data, and I don't know if we can call a, a hip preservation procedure a success if we're going to convert to a total hip replacement uh, two years after the, the index procedure. So the ideal situation will be the, the hip to last forever or at least several years. And I don't think two years is, is, is the way to go. So we have to be careful with this population. Uh, the age itself, I don't think it's a contraindication for a hip scope, but I think the age will tell you that you need to be aware of, aware that uh, some arterial change might be there. Uh, some, some of this arterial change, you cannot see it on the uh, x-rays and maybe take care of, uh, of the MRI and maybe using degenerative MRIs will be another option to try to see how much cartilage damage is there. Yeah, that makes sense. Those are good examples. Um, you guys are obviously a very busy hip arthroscopy practice and get many, many referrals from a lot of different types of patients um, to you there in Chicago. Are there specific kind of hard set contraindications that you see, you know, say you get like the 50 or year old or even a little bit younger active patient that comes in where you say, no, we know you're going to progress to an arthroplasty. We don't think an arthroscopy is going to be a benefit to you. Or are there specific things that you specifically look for with those types of patients based on this data and your other data? Well, uh, I think obviously x-rays is the first thing that you see. So if you see any patient with tonics two or or more, that's a contraindication to, to, to proceed with an scope. And then uh, we use a lot the degenerative uh, MRI, and these great patients that we don't know if we can do a hip scope or not, found that uh, with the degenerative, uh, we can uh, add some valuable uh, information to make the decision or the best decision. 
That's great. Those are great points. So did did this information or did this study results, did it surprise you at all or is pretty much exactly what you guys expected and kind of doesn't really change your practice or has it changed the scope of your practice and you and your co-authors at all? Well, to be honest with you, it did surprise me because, as I said before, we did a study uh, previously, uh, a case uh, match control study, and we found some difference favoring the patients without hip scope uh, prior to the replacement. So, uh, as you can see in our hypothesis, uh, we were expecting to see uh, worse PROs in patients with a previous scope. So, yeah, it, it did surprise us. Um, uh, but again, uh, we pull a lot of data here, and I, I think, I do believe that the results of this systematic review are more valid or generalizable than the previous study. Yeah, it's very helpful, I think. Do you think that the duration of the outcomes would change it? You know, this is relatively short-term outcomes. Do you think if it was mid- or even long-term outcomes that it might be different or that the results might be different? I don't know. That's a good question. And actually, that's, I think, uh, another step that we need to uh, to follow because we need to know what is the, the implications of uh, hip scope in a short, mid-term, uh, and actually long-term as well. So that's the future is going there to address those questions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, in terms of hip arthroscopy, we certainly as people become more facile with the hip scope and more technically better at it just overall, I think the indications have expanded, you know, certainly in the last decade or so. Some of these studies like this kind of seeing, you know, how it extrapolates out and how it comes out to long-term outcomes as the indications get expanded just for the type of patient, like we mentioned earlier, maybe that 50-year-old with very early degenerative changes, how things kind of go forward and how it gets expanded for long-term outcomes will be interesting to follow. And certainly your group is a big part of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're totally uh, correct. And uh, as you know, indication is everything in surgery, regarding what surgery you are doing. Uh, indication is, the, is the, the first thing to deal with. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time today, Dr. Maldonado. Dr. Maldonado's paper, Hip Arthro Arthroplasty After Hip Arthroscopy, Are Short-Term Outcomes Affected? A Systematic Review of the Literature can be found in the September 2019 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal or online at www.arthroscopyjournal.org. Dr. Maldonado, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That concludes this edition. Please join us next time for the Arthroscopy Journal podcast.